And we are on. Hello and welcome to Sports Unhinged. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, Mark, Eugita, thanks for joining me. How did you guys spend your um, your turkey day? Watching football. Watching football. I, you I actually managed to get through that, that Chicago-Detroit game? <sighs> <laughs> we opened the show with the first game of our turkey day weekend. <laughs> the, 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 the best part of that game started with the coin flip. Did you guys see the coin Oh, flip? my God. Did Both of them wanting there? to defer. Both yeah, of them wanting like, to uh, defer. You don't differ on me. I differ on you. <laughs> That's how that went. I think it set the pattern for the next three and a half it, hours. It did. It did. <laughs> It's, it's a funny one, this, because you have one team that was 0-9-1 going into the game. And then obviously you have the Chicago Bears with uh, Matt Nagy's uh, exit rumors kind of dominating the headlines for the whole week. But funnily enough, the whole time we felt like Matt Nagy's more on the hot seat than Dan Campbell is. <laughs> I just it, It's that bad. And I think maybe one of the reasons for that is because If you look at Dan Campbell, I think he's built up a lot of um, goodwill with the fan base despite the losses and with the team. He's got the locker room, so he shows a lot of passion. There's a lot of energy. There's a lot of... And it's a very contrasting kind of uh, um, feeling that uh, Detroit had with uh, when compared to Matt Patricia, right? But with Maggie, you seem like the... the, 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 It seems like the fan base and the team are are pretty much done with him. What's your take on this, Mark? I, I think that the expectations were reasonable coming into the season. Um, we, we thought a positive record was possible, despite a really heavy schedule. You know, right. playing some really good teams this year. So that's that was always going to be tough. But the expectations were there. And I think that's the difference between Chicago and Detroit coming into the season. Also, Matt Nagy's had four years to, to build his roster, to get his way and... Um, to put his plays in, and Dan Campbell's a newbie, so right. um, they they did an awful lot in in the off season to change the culture of Detroit and change the playing staff and coaching and everything else. So I don't think it was as important to Detroit to win this year as it was to Chicago, and so he Campbell was kind of it doesn't really matter. What, right. what 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 the, what the fans wanted to see was some some guts and, and maybe a little bit of glory. I don't think they expected to be winless going into week twelve next week. So that's tough for them. Or week, yeah. Right. So that that's my take on it. The Nagy thing was rumours that got around. Um, George McCaskey, the the owner of the club, uh, co-owner, went into meet the meet uh, meet the team on. Wednesday saying all the rumors were nonsense. Um, Matt Nagy but had a meeting. Do you think there was there was some some fire to that smoke because yeah, maybe if they had told him. And my, my suspicion, if if I was in Matt Nagy's place, if I wanted to buy some more time since I've been told I'm going out, I would leak that information, make a fuss about it in the media, so then the owners have to come out and deny it. Do you think that was a, a, a probable scenario of what happened there? I think Chicago franchise is such a mess anything's possible so yeah um i think it was i think it was discussed i'm not sure that it was agreed that's that's my feeling on it i've said this before chicago don't fire people mid-season i still see it happening on black monday um, when the regular season's done i don't really see it before 
But I do well, think he's he's lost the locker, and, and there's been some right. big discussions about that. Um, decimated with injuries at the moment, you know, we lost Roquan Smith yesterday to a hamstring. Right. So, you know, he's top top linebacker, all pro level. Um, and if he's out for a few weeks, we've got Arizona and Green Bay the next two games. You know, nice easy couple of games. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> two and all right there. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I I think Justin Fields will be back this weekend, so that's good. Okay, now traditions really? are usually yeah, next weekend. Next weekend, not traditions are usually not broken. So you said, uh, you know, uh, the, the Chicago Bears don't usually fire coaches in in the middle of the season. Um, th- that was kind of up for debate this week with all of the headlines. Another one, another tradition that I feel should be broken is uh, Detroit getting this spotlight in prime time for Thanksgiving. I mean, should that game be taken away from them? Because it was, we were excited. It was Thanksgiving, but I still had to watch the Detroit Lions to, to kick off the, no, uh, no uh, the weekend. No, forced you. I you know, but it's football. We have to watch it, you know? Like, <laughs> can, many... you ima- can you imagine millions of Americans just flung their turkeys outside the window to peacefully sit and watch Detroit play? At, but, so... A little bit of history. They started yeah. this in 1934, apparently, when when the Detroit Tigers was taking too much attention, you know, and in hindsight, for good purpose, nobody cares about the Lions. And they had this game on the holidays, and it's been going on since then. I think Dallas also came into the picture in 66, and it's been Dallas, Detroit, this whole time. Should there be a minimum criteria that you need to have X? Not like 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 the flex situation that happens uh, later in the season. Should there be a criteria for these kind of, you know, weekend uh, uh, Thanksgiving weekend games? No, I, no? There, there's not carry many, on the tradition. There's not many traditions in NFL, and I traditions are good. Yeah, yeah, I think this is fine. Yeah, let's keep it. Yeah, let's keep it. hashtag Detroit Thanksgiving. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. I'm okay. With this it. is this is what happens when I hang out with old people. Anyway, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, so we you need guys to stop hanging around with Mark. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> you guys broke a five-game losing streak. How does it look going forward? I mean, um, easy. Is it no, no? But seriously, I'm on a serious note, is there hope? So, if the Rams beat Green Bay this weekend, now Green Bay just lost to the Minnesota Vikings. If there's two losses in a row, do, do your ears? Her cup again and say, huh, maybe we can pull something off here. Well, I th- if that's going to happen, the Bears have to beat my- the Vikings home and away, which is coming yeah. up. Um, they- they've really got to win out and be 10 and 7 to get anywhere close. And I can't see that happening. Uh, anyone who saw the game in Detroit is not going to predict Chicago winning the next seven games or six games. So, I, How I about just that terrible get... back-to-back timeout call oh. that resulted in penalty. I mean, Dan Campbell looks lost a lot of the time. He was confusing. There. It looked like he didn't know what was going on. The rules, yeah. I mean, it yeah. was terrible. Okay. Now, the, uh, the second game that we had, which was a very exciting one, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders uh, at the Dallas Cowboys, and it was a very close game. It went to overtime, 36-33. But now this is, what, three out of four, three losses out of the last four games for Dallas. Um, what do you think there, Yujita? NFC East, do your ears yeah. perk up when you see this kind of stuff? Oh, yeah, happen? absolutely. And then, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I said, like, this is why I got pissed because we lost the Chargers game. Because then, you know, with that, we would have been one game behind. 
And Dallas, I, honestly, I, I can't tell you what's going on in Dallas. I mean, uh, I, I, I really didn't see the entire game. I saw the first half of the Raiders game. Right. But, uh, you know, they looked a bit stuffed. And I, I really don't think Dak Prescott's really come back fully after his injury. I don't think he's fully there yet. Um, they don't. I think teams have already fit on defense. have schemed how to stop their run game a lot. So Pollard and Elliott is not getting the kind of efficiency that they used to. Um, and, you know, on defense, I mean, the statistics really don't say everything because we right. talk about Diggs having a great season with the interception, but they blow a lot of explosive plays as well. And, and I, the couple that I saw in the first half in the Raiders, I mean, you know, you had corners running in front of the ball and Carr was able to, to you know, just, just lob it over them. Um, so yeah. they, they do give up a lot of plays. And I think on the night, Derek Carr looked much better. Um, than I feel Dak like this Prescott was a season-saving win for the Las Vegas Raiders. I yeah. think if they've lost this, I think it would have been a kind of a slippery yeah, slope I mean, after Casey, that. Yeah, yeah. But for, for some reason, I think my take on this is a bit different. I, I'm not too worried about the Dallas Cowboys because if you look at the reasons behind this performance, You've got Dak Prescott. You might be right. He might not be 100%. But again, there was no Amari Cooper. There was no C.D. Lamb. Um, and you had Gallup, who has recently come back from an injury, yep, having to right. reassimilate to the system and all of that. So he didn't really have the passing game there. Um, Pollard and, 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 and Ezekiel Elliott were, were, were doing okay. Pollard had an amazing um, uh, kickoff return for a touchdown uh, at one point, which was great. Um, but... For me, one of the things that really ruined this game was were the refs. I mean, the referees. It was were... awful. The first half was terrible. Was I don't know if it, I, it, it looked like they were jealous of the the airtime that the players were getting on yeah. camera, and they wanted to be there. So, listen, fourteen penalties handed out to each team. That's twenty eight yeah. penalties. But out of that, out of that, how many were PIs on Dallas? The, Anthony four. Brown, the cornerback for Dallas, had four on his own yeah. and, and not all of them were, were, were pass interferences. Yeah, so but it looked like the Raiders were actually playing to get, playing for the call. Because they so kind of figured a, out what kind of uh, refereeing yeah. uh, was, was going yeah, on. So why there. not use it to their advantage, right? This uh, one was a little bit weird. I'm just going to disagree with you a little bit about Dallas. Um, yeah, okay. they missed their, their top two wide receivers, but they still had Gallup and Wilson. Uh, each getting over 100 yards yesterday. So how bad was it? Dak still threw for 375. Would he have thrown for 425 if Lamb or Amari Cooper was playing? I don't know. But I think I there think issues more yesterday. separation will be created for sure. Of course. If, if those but, guys were there, yeah. But maybe Gallup or Wilson wouldn't have been playing anyway. You know, right. one of them might have not been there. So I, I think their issues yesterday were much more on defense and offense. So no, and, um, and the if you score 33 points at home, you should expect to win most games, and they didn't. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of point the fingers a little bit towards Dan Quinn and, and his group because I don't think they performed uh, to the level they should have done. Um, I thought Derek Carr And it comes was... to moments, right? It's, yeah, it's exactly. moments. So I think in, 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 in uh, overtime, there was one underthrow that Dak Prescott had uh, and had that been completed, they might have been actually able to make it and score some points. But it, that, that was kind of the turning point at, at, at overtime as well. Well, you know, there was also uh, some dumb play calling. There was uh, Vegas were at two minutes and five seconds um, in regular time. Yes. 
and they were drawing and then they decided to go for a play as opposed to taking a breath, get to the two-minute warning, save their timeouts and everything right. else, just get their heads sorted as to where, what do we want to do here. The one thing Chicago did yesterday was they ran the clock down from about three minutes down to one second to get That's the right, game yeah. winner. That's and right. Yeah. If, if Vegas had done something similar to that, then they could have been spared the agony of overtime. So right. I don't understand why they made that play just before the two-minute warning. They got a penalty. They went further back 10 more yards because of penalties were the name of the game yesterday. Yeah. And it kind of cost them a regulation <laughs> win. So I think both teams will look back and think, yeah, we could have done so much better than we did. Um, so I was a bit frustrated with some of the play calling, but I was I was really frustrated with the referees more than anything. But this is the second game. Dallas, when they played KC, it was the same situation. They had a lot of penalties, drop catches. So look, they're making some mistakes which they shouldn't be making with the offense and the defense that they have. And as an Eagles fan, how did it feel seeing Deshaun Jackson coming back and performing lights out for, for, for the Raiders? Yeah, we, we don't worry about the past. We're moving on. Yeah, we don't <laughs> look back. It's all about looking forward. But you must have looked at him with a little tear in your eye, you know. <laughs> no, not really, you know. No. D-Jax did his time in Philly. It was great, but, you know. He is, however, if he continues to perform this way, I mean, that's exactly what the Raiders needed after losing Henry Ruggs. I mean, he's filling yeah. the gaps really, really well oh, over yeah. there. So that's, oh, yeah. uh, that's kind of revived things for the Raiders. Um, the third game was a fantastic game. Predictable, went according to the plan. No surprises there, but the Buffalo Bills, 31-6 to against New Orleans, puts them back again to 7-4, and four, joint top with the New England Patriots. New England, of course, still um, to play a game uh, on Sunday against the Tennessee Titans. But the Bills looked like the Bills we expect to see uh, every week. So what, what was your take on this one, Mark? I know you watched this game a bit closely. Yeah, I did. And I, I just thought, OK, it was... It was- 10-0 at half time. I just thought Buffalo really controlled the first half and they knocked the stuffing out of, uh, of New Orleans. Right. Um, and Sean Payton made some errors yesterday as well with some of his calls. I, I, I was really surprised he, at that. He became brave all of a sudden. I mean, he's the kind of guy that when he should take fourth down kind of chances in previous games, he didn't. Yeah. And then yesterday, he suddenly he became brave and he started taking them at times where it made absolutely no sense. So it, it was, it was really interesting weird. listening to Drew Brees on the commentary because he was he that was, was terrible. <laughs> but that he was, was terrible. He, he was apart from the only thing he did well was he was predicting what Sean Payton was going to do because obviously they know each other so well. But everything else he said was just diatribe. I mean, that almost put me to sleep, and 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 that makes me give a lot of credit to Tony Romo because you know oh. Tony Romo, I mean. Everybody knows that he's been amazing and he's been like a crystal ball when he when he calls these plays. But yeah. I expected a lot more from Drew Brees. It was a little bit kind of underwhelming, um, his, his, his performance. First season nerves. But going back to the game, I, I, I liked what I saw from Buffalo for the first time in about three weeks. Um, they, they just looked as though they were playing controlling football on both yeah. sides. So I liked it. Good. And Josh Allen, I think the, the key thing here is that they've reactivated Josh Allen's running game in third downs. So yes, he only had 43 yards rushing, eight carries, but it was for about five or six yards per carry. 
and that was the kind of the the, the thing that reactivated um, the, uh, the, the the Buffalo Bills because they don't have a good running game to think of. Um, but when they do use Josh Allen in that Cam Newton 2015 mode, it really makes a difference. And and honestly, I think that that was one of the key key factors of them looking like the old Buffalo Bills there. And it looked uh, less one-dimensional. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. That's no, right. So in the, in the first half, yeah, they they look they did look good, but they didn't dominate, and that's because they weren't really running the the running game. Yeah, there was a lot of pitches to Brader, um, but in the second half they used Singletary a lot, right. and that running game was key part of the whole system uh, in the second half. Which then he used it uh, for play action. He used it for screens. So a lot of things came out of that. And if you look back at how the Bills have performed with the Jags uh, and the, all the games they lost, they had like nine carries, thirteen carries. They were not even attempting the run game. Right. You know, just just trying to hit it. Josh Allen with the passing game, it wasn't really working. And yet their defense yesterday, the pass rushing was phenomenal. Simmons, yeah. Simeons had had nowhere to go. Why are New Orleans still starting Trevor Simeon? This They've is one nobody thing else. I don't understand. No, They've because Taysom, no, Taysom, Taysom Hill is, Hill is, is off the injury report, but they're still yeah. saying that he's not 100%. I, yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't understand. A very interesting statistic. So Pro Football Focus uh, has ranked QBs um, basically from, from the first to the third quarter, right? And Trevor Simeon, out of 47 qualifying quarterbacks, ranks dead last. So he's the worst quarterback from quarters one through to three. Now you go to the fourth quarter, Trevor Simeon ranks number one in the NFL in the fourth quarter. Garbage and what time. that tells me is exactly. that he is the king, the emperor of garbage, of garbage time. time. <laughs> you know, if Matthew Stafford was still in Detroit, he would be number one because that's where he did his uh, statistics. Uh, time out. <laughs> well by the way you we'll see him back jalen hurts has been criticized a lot for garbage time kind of uh performance elevation as well so i mean but i think trevor Simeon now has taken over that yeah not in the last four weeks that's for sure hurts has looked good yep so tell us about the eagles what is the outlook now you've seen dallas lose three out of four um they're 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 stuck at seven and four right now Four games ago, they they didn't have that many losses. <coughs> what happens with the with with the Eagles? Because in my opinion, the Eagles are the best performing underperformers, if that makes any sense, in the whole of the NFL. You know, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this morning everything makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> now look, the, the the key to the Eagles, the resurgence is, I think, a couple of things. One is they found out the weakness, and the weakness was trying to rely on Hurts to do everything. You know, I mean, he's not a Josh Allen. He's not a Lamar Jackson. And I think in, at the start of the season, first seven weeks, uh, they kind of, you know, put him out there and see. It was like, um, let's see what you got kind of thing. Right. You know, and obviously it didn't work out. So, but the good thing is now they've recognized that weakness. Um, you know, he's gone from 34, 40 attempts uh, a week, every week to now about 18 to 23. You know, so they've, they've simmered him down. He's not really scrambling. He's not uh, moving out of the pocket so much. But the, the biggest factor that has changed in the last four weeks is the O-line. So the, right. the O-line, you know, it, it, it was, um, there were some injuries. 
Uh, Lane Johnson came back in week seven. He took some personal timeout. Ever since he's been back, and by the way, they used like four or five combinations on the O-line when he was out. Didn't work out. Lane Johnson comes back to right tackle, moves Jordan Malaida back to his ease at left tackle. And, you know, suddenly you have this one of the best offensive lines in the league, to be honest. Heavy, massive, physical O-lines. And so they've used the O-line strength now to restart the running game. So it's right. all been on this O-line adjustment that has happened. So now we've gone from 13 carries a week from week one to seven. So now we're about 39 carries per game. Uh, you know, in the last four weeks, 700 uh, runs. And that's uh, yards, I mean. And, and that's opened up Hertz's play action. You know, he's not, he's not throwing deep balls much, but that's working out. Short right. passes underneath. He's using Dallas Goddard. So the run game's opened up. And they're taking it slowly, you know, nothing, nothing usually special on the passing game. And right. that's what's really worked out. And on, and on the defense, uh, you know, you got to give credit to Jonathan Gannon. He's adjusted as well. You know, we're playing two high safeties a lot. Now it's, you know, cover three. So they've adjusted to who the QB is playing, you know. And yeah. in, in that way, the pass rush, it's, it's now, I think, a league leading 54% on the pass run uh, rush win rate. Wow. Okay. And I think I think that that is all playing off the back of how the offense has got better over the last four weeks, you know. And the the good part is going forward, it's not a very heavy schedule. You got the, the Giants, Washington, Jets. Uh, yeah. It's not a big schedule. So I think yeah, we can catch up to Dallas if Dallas is going to keep playing the way they are. But now you know sure. you, you you combine you combine the holiday weekend with a division game and things that don't make sense tend to happen. So looking at the game coming up with the New York Giants, what's your outlook? On yeah, that? I mean honestly, it's it's kind of scary because you know the teams. If you look, what happened to the Raiders, right? They lose Gruden and they come and play this emotional game against Denver and win the damn thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now the Giants without Garrett. Uh, we don't know. We don't know what the situation is there. I'm really worried. To be honest. Like you said, it's a division game. You never know what's going to happen in a division game. And Freddie Kitchens, you know, Freddie Kitchens cooking something there. We don't know what he's cooking, right? It should Garrett, uh, Jason Garrett starts practicing his um, back because he might go back to the Dallas Cowboys at one point. Yeah, why not? I mean, we don't see we don't see enough of um, bag. Yeah. By the way, Freddie Kitchens, if you remember, this thing happened to him in Cleveland. You know, I mean, it's kind of coming yeah. full circle back yeah. again to Freddie yeah. Kitchen. So yeah, yeah. I don't like to get too excited. I I go game by game. Let's see what happens, man. But yeah, I think for me, right the now, interesting thing about the Eagles was um, Zach Ertz. I I thought you'd miss him a lot more than you do. No, we didn't because th that's another reason that kind of solidified yeah. this 21 personal scheme that they want to run with the running back and solidifying Dallas Goddard as the number one tight end. And he's, and he's done okay. Working he's up. Done okay. And he's yeah. working out. Yeah. Extended his contract last week. So he's going to get better. Excellent. Excellent. Now, coming up this weekend, we've got a, a lot of really good games that could open up a couple of divisions, right? So we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at uh, Indianapolis Colts. We've got Tennessee at New England. And for me, these are the two games that could really just blow the whole thing open. Because if Indy managed to beat the Bucs, it makes the NFC South a little bit more interesting. And if uh, New England beat Tennessee, then 
all of a sudden, the AFC South, Tennessee and Indy are very, very close to each other. New England and Buffalo become very close to each other as well. They already are. And it just opens everything up. So, Mark, just to start, I mean, Bucks at Colts. Any chance of a surprise there with the Colts playing at home? They're well coached. They've shown some explosive. Yeah. I don't think it'll be a blowout, but. Damn it, Tampa looked strong last week. (laughs) (laughs) They they hit the ceiling and came back down. They've hit the ceiling, but their ceiling quite high. Um, It kind of cracked. And you know Tom Brady was not eating any turkey in Thanksgiving. It's probably like an avocado. Avocado. (laughs) Brady wasn't great last week. Right. he, He did an inception, various other bits, but they they do do enough. I think Tampa will win in Indianapolis. Um, and I think New England will win at home against Tennessee as well. So it's going to make the AFC really interesting going down the stretch. That's the great thing right. for us football fans. And then we've got uh, MVP Matthew Stafford going up against pre- uh, uh, previous year's MVP uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um Obviously, you know, you've got Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, putting his feet up on, on, on TV, talking about COVID toe and all of that. We, we've covered enough of Aaron Rodgers. We're not going to do a deep dive on that whatsoever. Two seasons more. Two seasons. <laughs> but that game could be really interesting because Green Bay, I mean, their loss to Minnesota last week was, was it Green Bay throwing the game away or Minnesota actually coming back to win it? You I think, I think, uh, go on. <laughs> <laughs> That's his division. I thought you were going to him straight, you know? <laughs> now look, uh, I, I want to see, I want to see what you say first, because, you know, I want to go back to Mark and then link it with Chicago again and just get him uh, worked up. So let's see. <laughs> uh, seriously, Aaron Rodgers had a really good game. I, th- I think that was his, was it his highest passer rating that game? 148 or something right. like that. Yeah. And, uh, and Minnesota, I mean, uh, Cousins, honestly, he, is, he doesn't look as bad as people say he does. I mean, right? He's, uh, uh, is he the highest on 10-plus yards? Uh, so that was one statistic because Mark, Mark uh, always that's right. talks about how he's the yeah. most overpaid uh, kind of quarterback in the NFL. After Matthew Stafford. After Matthew <laughs> but it, look, look, I mean, he he's got the he's got the weapons, man. He's got Justin yeah. Jefferson, the most and accurate. He got Dalvin Cook, but he's the most accurate quarterback for passes over ten yards since Next Gen Stats started monitoring that statistic. I'm, you, I'm talking you, about all time here. You have to give <laughs> credit where credit's due with Kirk Cousins. Um, I, I still put him in the Matthew Stafford kind of category of okay, is, yeah. he, is he going to no I'm just going to say is he going to win your Super Bowl and that's what you always look for right. in your quarterback he, he goes into Mark's cage of uh, North Division shitty quarterbacks right right yeah. and he gets locked in there yeah there's too many Bears ones in there that's a problem <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it, it's but, full of yeah. Bears quarterbacks <laughs> so, so Mark <laughs> if, 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 if Minnesota go to San Francisco this weekend and mm. Kirk Cousins pulls off a win there. Mm. Does that win you over a little bit? No. Oh, no, because that just annoys me. Because <laughs> 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 that, that'll just get more people blowing his whistle, as they say. So, no. Ma- I'm, uh... Mark's, just, Mark's just annoyed that he, Kirk Cousins gets more money than he does. That's it. That's it. Yeah. It's just. all about the money. Only just. Yeah. Um, I, I just get... 
No, I, I, I want every NFC North team to lose every game apart from Chicago. So I'm not going right. to ever, ever wish them to, to win in San Francisco. But realistically, if they did win, that would be, and Green Bay lost, then it kind of brings Green Bay back into the pack a little bit more. Uh, Chicago yeah. going to Lambeau in two weeks' time. If they did a miracle and stop Green Bay winning by 30 over there, then, you know, that, that would be fantastic for the division. Right. Um, but I don't, I, I don't see that happening. Um, I think the division at the moment is between the Vikings and the Packers. So a win for in San Francisco would be huge for the Vikings, huge. Because I think San Francisco on the up. Right. Oh, very efficient last week. And that division is very, very interesting. You've got like three three out of the four, I think, that are still, still in yeah. it. Um, we've also got Cleveland at Baltimore. Um, that one would be, would be very interesting. But what do you see, Mark? What do you see happening there? I think it really depends. If Lamar Jackson plays, they win. It's yes. as simple as that. If 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 he doesn't play, it's a it's a flip of the coin. So right. if he doesn't play, it's supposed to be Cleveland win for sure, but it's not. Uh, the reality of the situation is that Cleveland, you don't know which Cleveland's going to turn up on any given Sunday now. Yeah. And, and, ba and Baker is not uh, really helping himself out either. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, he's trying to get this next contract for next year, and now right. he's pissing off, uh, you know, the press. Stuff like that. I mean, he's he's great when you got the running game, but other than that, um, I don't know about Baker Mayfield. He's gone down so in my estimation, honestly. Yeah. I thought he, you know, if we go back to week one, I'd have said he was kind of a an eighty, and now he's. We've a defended him a lot, especially me. Yeah. I mean, I've defended you, him a lot. Uh, yeah, you uh, I have. Yeah. Him a yeah, lot. Yeah. yeah, you don't bring us into your. He no. is still better than the kind of revolving door of quarterbacks that came through of course, Cleveland in of the course. past. But if you're going, if you're looking for a, for a Super Bowl, uh, he's, he's not even the a answer. playoff. He's not your guy. He's not your guy. Even a playoff. Is he going to get, I'll tell game? you who else is not my guy, Cam Newton. What did I tell you guys? We watched that game against the Washington football team. And when it came down to it in the last drive where he had to make one or two completions a couple of first downs and just push us up the field he couldn't do it the guy cannot throw he can run and he showed that in the first game he had a couple of carries and ran in for a for a, for a touchdown if you're going to use him as a Taysom Hill kind of situation bring him bring him in for certain plays have PJ Walker under center and, and hand the ball over fine but he cannot win and that was the whole point yes very show I mean the showmanship is there. Right? He scored the touchdown round to the middle of the uh, of the field and did the Superman thing. That's fine. I'm sure in some edit they will bring that 3D Panther to stand next to him and roar or something at some point. But we're not winning games with Cam Newton. He's an owner. Am I, am he's I an hating on my own team here or am I right? I no, mean, you're right. He's not going to win your games. But he's he's the owner likes him. He gave him 10 million bucks. Come back here, play rejuvenate the, the the fan base rejuvenate the the franchise a little bit um he's not going to be there but, next but, year 10 million uh, I don't look know. i i think you have a bigger problem in your defense at the moment to worry about yeah where's the defense slippage there yeah yeah, yeah. Well, uh, 190 yards running game on washington yeah, i don't know about that yeah i mean I cam know. is cam is your problem 
but I think defense <laughs> yeah. is Carolina's problem. Maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the only thing I would say about that is, are Washington becoming the team that we kind of expected them to be for week one? Um, they played well the last couple of weeks. We have yeah. to give them that. But, the, yeah, but they're but doing it they're, on they're, offense. And, and, uh, and they're mean, playing expect- against teams that make them look good. That's the problem. I mean, they haven't really been tested. Well, they've got right. the Eagles coming. They've got Dallas coming. You know, the, yep. it, it, the divisional games are so important in that East. Yeah. And so weird. Anything. I mean, unpredictable. Very. Well. You know, as you say, you're, you're concerned that the Giants are going to be Eagles. I am. Eagles I am. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Come Sunday, they could put 30 points against us. And, you yeah. know, you have a hurt struggling. You never yeah. know. Who knows? Yeah. The NFC East is never, never a gimme, for sure. For sure, you can no. never lock, lock it up. Yeah, no. just like the South. South is the same way. It's always been. Okay. Yeah. All right. So with that, I think uh, we can wrap it up here. We've got an interesting Sunday. I think we pushed the recording of this episode so that we can react to the Thanksgiving games, and now we've uh, we've done a quick preview of the of the upcoming games. So I think the next couple of weeks we're going to start seeing a couple of divisions locking up for the playoffs. And I think really the rest, think so? the, I don't, a couple, a couple I of divisions, don't. I feel that I, I, um, if we look at them, I would say, mm, let's have a look. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Well, if, you would, get, if you, you know, maybe uh, the, the Tennessee, AFC North. Maybe. Yeah. Tennessee, no. Honestly, Tennessee is the most weirdest. What is it? Eight, eight and three? Yeah, so but they're going to lose this weekend. It, it no, could but, get wrapped up if the Bucks beat Indy and Tennessee beat New England. I think that's. Tennessee is in That's no way going to be. That'll be the biggest surprise if Tennessee beats yeah. New England. Tennessee hasn't so. got the Tennessee hasn't got the offense to be honest. Ever since Derrick Henry's out the door, you know he hasn't been able to do anything on offense. Right. I mean, did you see? The, okay, there's obviously a lot of stats about when Henry was there and not there, and a lot of them about the running game. But one key stat is tw- plays over 20 yards where they had like 13, 14. What? It's now three ever since he's gone. So he's they're missing the that bulldozer game. that used to just go through yeah. people and, and run and up the field. And plus the play right? action. There's no play action game. There's no much passing game. It's affected them a lot. Yeah. It, it, and yeah. If, they, if you're up against Derrick Henry, you've got to stuff the middle. That, that right. op- opens yeah. up the wide receivers. Without Derrick exactly. Henry running up exactly. against you, you're just one-on-one everywhere. It, it yeah. closes everything down. Yeah. That, that's where he's the game changer. It's just not yeah. what he, he does. It's, his mere presence causes just the everyone. identity of the team. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And if, even and if using him as a decoy in a lot of cases yeah. as well. Oh yeah. And if, yeah. If, if their defense doesn't show up and help them out, they're gonna lose games, and they're gonna lose the New England game because New England's on the up and up. You know, we, we I don't know. Maybe we should places. we should pick this game for 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 the pick six. I'm gonna give it a little bit more thought and see if. Uh, no, I think it's a New England win. I I do think so? I do think it's a New England win. I mean, you dare go against New England at this moment. I, I can't go against Bill Belichick in yeah, you know, late November. You know, it's just... Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's so strong. Uh, now, yeah. look, we, we could end when up... When did this happen? New England started really badly. When did this happen? Why are we talking Tampa about Bay. New England again? Tampa, Tampa Bay game. Yeah. Tampa Bay game. When they stopped... I mean, they lost the game, fine, but they really stopped Brady with that defense. That's where yeah. it all went up. They they started showing something in that game, yeah. and and Bill would have been upset about losing that. Let's not yeah. make any mistake. You know, my buddy Bill, the way I speak about him, yeah. but, you know, um, <laughs> Big B, Big B, B, uh, <laughs> onto Cincinnati or whatever he said. He yeah. uh, he he would have been um, he would have been angry about losing that. 
And he, they've all channeled that frustration at losing home at home oh, yeah. Tampa right. into what they've done in the last six, seven weeks. I'm convinced. Incredible. Of that. Oh, it's a great one. It's good to see. New England and Super Bowl are being mentioned in the same sentence uh, again in some circles, it's, right? You know, we, we've got two games of New England-Buffalo coming up, and uh, I can't wait for both of those. Yeah. Hard to call. Favoring yeah, New is, England at the moment, but Buffalo... It, um, it is. I mean, Buffalo still has the defense that can probably do something against Max Jones, but it's going to be a defensive. Now, if you asked me that question a week ago before Buffalo's recent win now from yesterday, I would say, okay, yeah, New England. But now that they're coming back, I really hope that they can start kind of stringing a few wins yeah, but together. Here's the thing. Buffalo's been having this strange win-loss, 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 win-loss yeah. kind of week. And guess what? New England game is their last week. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Let's see what goes on. Interesting times. Should be a good week on Sunday. Very good week, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. On that note, we'll wrap up. Thanks, guys. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll see you guys tomorrow for the Pick 6 segment. This has been Sports on Take care, people. Until see you tomorrow. later. Take care. Take care.